Life has a way of making us busy. Is it possible to find rest in the midst of the chaos? Well, welcome back to the Celebrate Recovery podcast, where we acknowledge that the struggle is real, that we do matter to God, and He has the power to help us recover. On today's episode, we're going to hear from co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery, Jenny Baker. She's going to walk us through the critical and life-giving discipline of resting and being still with our Almighty God. Let's hear from Jenny Baker. In early February of this year, just shy of the one-year mark when Johnny and I began co-leading Celebrate Recovery together, I hit a personal breaking point in my life. Between some personal issues that I was facing and learning to lead such a massive ministry in the middle of grief, I found myself overwhelmed, worn out, and depleted, kind of like Hosanna was talking about this morning. This past year and a half has been harder than I ever imagined, and I had been running on fumes. I had been trying to just keep pushing through and keeping my head down, thinking if I just keep moving, if I just keep trying, it'll all be okay. And God patiently waited on me while I tried it on my own, and he let me wear myself out. And, I, and when I finally, he grabbed my attention one morning, and when I finally looked up, I felt like he said to me, are you ready to let me help you, Jenny? One morning in February, I was reading in the book of Luke, and I got to the story of Martha and Mary. And I don't know about any of the rest of you, but this story almost hits a little bit too close to home every time I read it. And I feel like when I do, he says to me, hey, Jenny, pay extra close attention to this story. It starts in chapter 10, and it's uh, verse 38, and it says, or it starts at verse 38, and it says, now while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him, welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities, and she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Okay, first of all, how many of you out there overly relate to Martha in this story like I do? Please tell me I'm not alone in this. How many of you can relate to that, the feeling, feeling the burden of having to do it all on your own? I know that if Jesus were coming to my house, I would be definitely running around trying to do all the things and make it all right. And if Johnny and my kids were not helping me and doing just as much as I was doing at that time to make it perfect for Jesus, I would be so frustrated. So, so frustrated. You know how sometimes you wonder, when you read a story, you wonder, how would I react in that situation? Well, in this situation, I don't have to wonder. I know how I would have behaved. I would have behaved just like Martha. And even now, if I'm being honest, when I read the story, I feel a little bit of irritation build up in me at Mary for not helping Martha. And when Martha says to Jesus, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do it all alone? I hate how much that statement connects with me because I don't know how many times in my life I have felt like I was left all alone to do it all on my own and the resentment that came out of that. 
But it was Jesus' response to Martha that grabbed my attention that morning when he said to her, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. And I love how, first of all, he validates her pain. He says, I see your pain. And he doesn't tell her that she's wrong or that she shouldn't feel that way. He just, he tells her, I see your anxiety. I see your pain and I see your frustration. And he never reprimands her for it. And then he goes on to tell her, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary, Martha. Just spend time with me. I felt like that morning, Jesus was speaking right to me. And he said, Jenny, you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. Just spend time with me. Verse 40 perfectly sums up my past year when it said Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities because it could just as easily read Jenny was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And I'm not a Bible expert or a Bible scholar, but I do feel pretty confident saying here that Martha is the example of what not to do in this situation. But don't get me wrong, you guys. Martha is not a bad person. Her, her desire to serve is a huge blessing. Martha is a go-getter. She takes initiative and she gets the job done. And we would be in so much trouble without the Marthas of this world, right? If I do say so myself. <laughs> she had just gotten a little bit weighed down to my, and maybe had forgotten why she was doing it in the first place. I know that I hit that breaking point in February because like Martha, I was running around busy and distracted with all the responsibility that I felt and still thinking, am I doing enough? thinking that I had to be constantly doing something to be worthy and to be valuable. Especially leading in this era of social media and constant access, it is super weird. I vacillate between, am I doing enough on social media? And then all the way back over to, I hate social media because it makes me feel bad about myself. The thing is, I know how lucky I am and what a privilege it is that I get to help co-lead this ministry. But with it, I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I struggled this last year with thinking, if I am not constantly moving and doing something, am I failing? Am I even being a responsible leader? In this story with Martha and Mary, God was gently pointing out to me that I was putting my energy into all the wrong places, that I was getting weighed down by all the details, when what I really needed to be doing first and foremost was spending time with him. I had fallen into that trap of finding my value once again in productivity and busyness. I was quickly letting Celebrate Recovery become the goal of my life, which is so easy to do because I love this program because not only has it changed my life, but it has changed the lives of my family. And any of you out there who help lead in this ministry in any capacity at all, you know what I'm talking about. The absolute joy that comes from serving in this ministry of walking alongside someone who gets to find healing in their own lives it is such a privilege. So it's easy to understand how I was making Celebrate Recovery the goal of my life. But I felt like God was saying to me, oh, Jenny, you have it wrong. I didn't create you to do Celebrate Recovery. You get to do Celebrate Recovery because I created you, but I created you to be in relationship with me and to love me and to be loved by me. I didn't create you to be stressed out and overwhelmed. I really feel like he was telling me, Put your focus back on me and spending time with me. Let that be your goal and watch what I do out of that. Because here I was placing all these extra expectations and worldly success markers on myself when what I needed to be doing first and foremost is spending time with him. 
God's measure of success is not the world's measure of success, and I had gotten completely off track. There's a line in a forgetting a country song that says, so busy doing our own work that we forgot, or so busy doing our work that we forgot this is for you. And that line was so convicting to me. I realized that I was more focused on being about my father's business when I needed to be focused about being in my father's presence. I had gotten it so backwards, and so it's no wonder that I had hit that, that, I had hit that breaking point in my life. And Hosanna has a quote in her book, um, How Not to Save the World, that speaks to this perfectly. She says, God cares more about how much time I spent with him than how much I did for him. And part of my healing coming out of this past year is finding rest and the truth, the absolute truth of that statement, because we were not created to do things for God. We were created to be in a relationship with him and to love him and to be loved by him. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And he answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So first we love God, and then we love others. But nowhere in there does it say that I need to be productive. Nowhere in there does it say that I'm responsible for everyone. And nowhere in there does it say that I have to do all things and be all things. It so very clearly tells me, tells us that our first God is to love God. I mean, our first goal is to love God. First and foremost, and above all else, to love God. It's just like when Jesus told Martha, only one thing is necessary. Just spend time with me. Don't get weighed down in all the extra stuff. Just focus on me. But it is so easy for me to get caught up in being about my father's business, which is good and holy. Being about our father's business is good and holy. But everything that I need to be about my father's business, I find in my father's presence. I find strength and wisdom and peace and courage on and on. Everything I need, I find in his presence. So I need to get into his presence first and get what I need, and then I can focus on being about his business. And you know, Martha seemed to get this lesson pretty quickly because even though we see her struggle with business in the story in Luke, we get another quick story about her in the book of John which takes place after the first one. And in chapter 12, we're told that Jesus went to dinner at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And again, we're told very simply that Martha was serving. So notice that she was still serving, but this time around, she doesn't seem resentful or frustrated. This time around, she was serving in Jesus' presence. She was still doing what she did well. She was serving. She just was doing it in closer proximity to Jesus. And that is the difference maker. She was in Jesus' presence. And God was showing me that I needed to put my energy and focus back onto seeking him and spending time with him above all else. Because I still have a purpose in serving. I just need to make sure that I'm getting into God's presence first. And Psalm 46 is one of the psalms that God has used to remind me again and again to get into his presence first, and especially verse 10 but I actually wanted to read through all of Psalm 46 together here today. God is our refuge and strength, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains will be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas, 
though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, his city, and she will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has brought desolations and wonders on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow into pieces and snaps the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. I love the imagery in this psalm. It reminds me of God's strength and power and specifically the power of God's voice. The psalmist tells us that God raised his voice and the earth melted. And then it goes on to say that that same God whose voice can melt the earth is the same God who says to us, be still and know that I am God. The same voice that whispers to me in my pain and in my panic and in my stress, be still, Jenny, and know that I am God. This reminds me of what Jesus told Martha and what he is always reminding me when Martha felt weighed down and anxious and bothered with all that he felt that she needed to do. And he told Martha, you're so weighed down and anxious and bothered, but only one thing is necessary. And he essentially told her, Martha, be still and know that I am God. And I know that I struggle a lot with being still. Through recovery and therapy, I have learned that my stress response is control, and that leads to overfunctioning. To survive when I was younger, I felt that I had to take charge, and I was always the one in control. I was the oldest child, and I not only felt responsibility to take care of myself, but to take care of my sibling as well. I had to constantly overfunction. I felt like I was always hypervigilant, and if I felt something needed to be done, I felt like I was the only one who could or would get it done. And my therapist explained it to me this way. He said, to picture myself as a little child holding my hand up to my mom and my dad and saying, help me. See me, see my pain, see my needs, help. And eventually when it didn't happen, I stopped asking and I just learned to do it on my own. So I learned to rely on control and overfunctioning at an early age and it followed me into adulthood. Now I told kind of a funny example of this, of how this plays out in my life last year at the summit of how during the pandemic I was worried about my kids' mental health and that stress response kicked in of overfunctioning and control, and I thought I could fix it by being super mom. Just like Martha, I was stressed out and bothered and, worked and anxious about so many things. And in that moment, God said to me, just like he said to her in her moment, be still, Jenny, and know that I am God. And in that moment, I realized that the way to fight against that stress response in my life of control and overfunctioning is to develop a new response, which is to be still and to acknowledge that he is God. So I have spent this last year trying to develop the habit of just being still and getting into God's presence. And the beautiful thing about this is there is no right or wrong way to get into God's presence. There is no secret trick to getting into his presence. We just need to seek him, to desire to be in his presence, to acknowledge that we need him, and he will not hide or stay away from us when we do, when we seek him out. 
And when we do make that choice to stop and to be still and to get into his presence, we only have good things to gain, things that cannot be taken away from us. Such great stuff from Jenny. We're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, Jenny Baker will turn the corner and help us to unpack what it looks like to rest and be still with God. We'll be right back. Are you in your church looking for practical tools to help you start and run a Celebrate Recovery in your church? Consider joining us for a Celebrate Recovery training conference online or in person. Visit our website at CelebrateRecovery.com for dates and times. And don't forget to connect with your Celebrate Recovery state representative. They are here to serve you as you walk through this process. Find a rep near you by visiting CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash reps. Well, welcome back. So we've been listening to Jenny Baker, co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery, and she's been letting us into what it looks like to practically move into the presence of God. And what are the other benefits in scheduling time with the Lord? Let's continue to listen. Whenever we spend time with God, it creates familiarity and intimacy with him. It creates trust and a deeper relationship. Think about people in your life that you trust, that you are close with. It had only got that way because you spent time together. You, you invested in the relationship. And even if they, you couldn't be together, you did it. You talked over the phone. It's the same with God. When we spend time with him, we develop familiarity and trust and a deeper relationship with him. And another benefit that I have found of getting into God's presence is the absolute peace of knowing that when I am with him, I am completely known and completely understood without having to explain myself, right? Yeah, that, that's our God. Psalm 139, one through four says, O Lord, you have searched me and have known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. How many of you know how exhausting it is to go through something hard? And the idea of having to explain it to one more person in your life is just too overwhelming and too hard and you just can't do it. Or maybe you have to find a new doctor or a new therapist and the idea of having to start from scratch and tell your medical history again or tell your personal history again is too requires too much energy and it's just too hard. Or maybe you feel a certain way about something, but you don't know how to tell someone in your life about it because you don't know how to do it in a way that you would feel understood. Well, with God, we don't have to start from scratch and we don't have to explain ourselves because he already knows and he understands us better than we understand ourselves. And this gives me so much peace to be in the presence of my loving God who completely knows me without having to explain myself is huge. Another benefit of being in God's presence is that it's healing. I have found for my life, when I sit down and practice being still and being in God's presence, it's the only time in my day where both my body and my mind are quiet and still at the same time. Being still, both physically and mentally, it is healing for us 
especially in this fast-paced world that we live, that we live in right now. Pastor Rich Viota says about this, the speed we live at does violence against our souls. The speed we live at does violence against our souls. Because of this fast-paced living that we're all so used to, our minds and our bodies are trained to constantly be doing or needing to be doing something. We've trained, we've trained our minds to need constant stimulation. These phones, these little mini computers that we carry around grant us constant access to any information that we want at any time, but they also grant constant access to us, to others. And this robs us of rest in our lives. The effects of stress on our body, it's real. And taking moments to stop and be still with God and taking some deep breaths, it's really calming to our nervous system. Taking a moment to stop and intentionally step out of the fast-paced world that we're living in is so healing. Getting a moment to let it all go. Getting a moment to just breathe. And if we can get outside into nature, it's even better. I'm constantly amazed at the way that God created our bodies and he created nature to work together to help us heal. And one kind of quick, cool example of that is birdsong. It is so calming to our nervous system to hear birdsong. It relaxes us. And I just think that's so cool. God created birds and he created our bodies and how cool that he made one creation to help the other creation heal. Yeah, yeah, God's, he's pretty amazing. I'm not an expert in this area at all, but I do know there are a lot of elements in nature that God created to help us find rest and to heal. So being still and quiet with God is a way that I can find peace against the constant busyness and stress in my life. Matthew 11:28 says, "Come to me all who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest." When we are weary and heavily burdened, physically, mentally, emotionally, the best way to find rest, the only true rest, is to go to God. Because from him, we not only get the rest of salvation, but that we get the rest of knowing that we don't have to do life on our own, because we get to take up his yoke. We get to come under his protection. We get to have access to his strength. And when I picture this verse in my head, I picture Jesus standing there, holding his hand out to me, saying, come to me because he can see how weary and heavily burdened I am and offering me a place of rest and refuge where I can let my guard down. When I get into God's presence, I get to strip away all of the responsibilities and the people that I need to be. I can drop off the wife identity. I can drop off the mom identity. I can drop off the friend identity and the leader identity and just be Jenny. And that's it. That's all. That's all that's expected of me at that moment is to just be. So being still in God's presence is restful and it's peaceful and it's healing. But there's a second part of that Psalm 4610 verse that's just as important. It says, and know that I am God. And when I get still and quiet, it gives me a chance to meditate on who God is in my life, knowing that he is the God of my life, that he is my creator and that he loves me. This reminds me that he is all-powerful and that he is in control and that I don't have to be in charge. And this is super important to me because growing up, I always felt that I had to be the one in charge. As someone who struggles with control and survived most of her life over-functioning, it can feel really scary to rest. Because after all, if I'm resting, then who's making it happen? Who's in charge? Who's going to get this stuff done? Growing up, rest was not something that felt safe to me. 
and learning to rest as an adult, it's a process, and sometimes it's two steps forward and three steps back. But the, but the truth that God is in control and I am not, that is helping me learn to rest. It reminds me that it's safe to rest, that I can relax because it doesn't all depend on me. It doesn't rest on my shoulders. It rests on God's shoulders. And if you think about it, it sounds a little bit like the beginning of principle one. Realize I am not God. Because the truth that God is God and I am not, it gives me immense comfort and safety in my life. How many of you struggled with nightmares as children? Can remember waking up terrified in the middle of the night? Yeah, I suffered with nightmares for a really long time. As a matter of fact, I can still kind of vividly remember some of those terrifying nightmares. But I also remember the absolute safety that I felt when I crawled into bed with my parents when I had that nightmare. I, I remember I felt safe because I wasn't alone anymore. And I trusted that they would protect me so I could let my guard down and rest and relax. There just was no other, there was no safer feeling to me in that moment. And that is what it's like now for me when I get into God's presence. It feels like crawling back into that bed with my parents where I know that I am not alone, that my father is protecting me and watching out for me, and that I can let my guard down and rest and relax. It is a safe place for me. How amazing is it that we, yeah, thank you, yeah. We have a good God. And the fact that we can get into his presence anytime we want, I think that's so amazing. That we get the privilege of resting in the presence of the same God who created the entire world. The same God whose voice can melt the earth is the same God who was waiting for us to seek him. And we get an open, an open invitation to go to him and find rest anytime we need it. But I know that that can be hard. That sometimes setting aside time to be alone, especially if we're busy or if somebody needs us, can be really hard and it can make us feel really guilty. I know that I have struggled with that. But Jesus was a really great example for us in this. He was always going off by himself to pray and getting alone with God. And he did it, even though he knew people needed him. And they needed him in really practical ways, but he would still do it. This stress response that I struggle with of overfunctioning, it lies to me. And it tells me things like, you can't rest, because if you don't do it, then who will? Or you can't stop, because people need you. But here's the thing. No one ever needed me like they need Jesus. And no one ever understood people's needs quite the way that Jesus understands other people's needs. He knows, he truly knows, and he still takes the time to stop and get into God's presence. And in Luke chapter 5, we get a really great example of this. Verses 15 through 16, it says, But the good news about him, Jesus, was spreading farther, and large crowds kept gathering to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray in seclusion. People needed him, and they needed him in real practical ways. They were going to get their illnesses healed. They needed him, but he still would take the time to get away and to get into God's presence. And if he needed that time, if Jesus needs that time, to recharge and get into God's presence. How much more do I need that time? How much more do we all need that time to get into God's presence? So like I said, over this past year, I've been trying to develop the habit of being still and getting into God's presence, and it is making a big difference in my life. I try to find a couple minutes a day where I can sit and be still and quiet and alone. And sometimes I can get that. 
and other days I really can't get that. Sometimes I can get five minutes, and sometimes I get a minute or just 30 seconds. But either way, I try to have a time a day where I can sit and get, I can sit, get quiet, and get still in God's presence. But for me, this isn't the same time as a traditional quiet time. What I mean by that is that I'm not reading my Bible or praying during this time. This is when I sit and make an intentional choice to be unproductive and to do nothing. It's sitting down and quieting my mind, and it's just about seeking God's presence and enjoying God's presence. It's not about getting anything done. So I find a quiet place, and I close my eyes, and I take two to three deep breaths And on the exhales, I try to release any tension that I'm holding in my body. Maybe I check my jaw, am I clenching my jaw, or I lower my shoulders. I just try to release any tension and get as comfortable as I can. And then I seek out God's presence. And for me, that looks like going in my mind, thinking a place where I can meet with God. And I oftentimes picture myself sitting on green grass or in an open field with quiet waters off here to the side, and maybe some aspen trees quietly blowing in the breeze in the back. And then I imagine God's presence right next to me. And I don't ever see a form, and I definitely don't ever see a face. It's just kind of a presence that I can sense. And sometimes I imagine myself leaning into his presence, and sometimes I imagine him putting his arm around me and hugging me. And I try to focus on the peace and safety of knowing that I don't have to do anything in that moment, but to just be and be in his presence. The pure freedom and rest of knowing that nothing is expected of me in that moment. Because where else in our lives do we get zero expectations placed on us? And then I just lean in, stay quiet, and listen. And sometimes my mind will wander. Sometimes it wanders quite a bit. But that's okay. Because it just gives me an opportunity to choose him again. And to choose that rest and that quiet. And the the thing is that the more we practice this, the easier it becomes to be still and quiet. And that's it. Nothing happens. Nothing at all happens, but that's kind of the point. It's just a moment of stillness and quiet. But I will say that I do walk away with a peace that I just didn't have before. And any time during my day that um, I get worried or anxious or stressed or I start to get that control creeping back in, I just, if I can, close my eyes and try to reconnect back to his presence. Now, some of you may be thinking, I don't know, Jenny, that sounds a little bit weird or new agey, imagining yourself in a field. You don't have to do it that way. That's just how I do it. You can just close your eyes and picture quiet and stillness. This is just a way for me that I can picture getting out of my life and stepping into God's presence. But like I said, there is no right or wrong way to do this. Back in February, I found myself in a place where I desperately needed safety and rest. And being still with God has helped me to find that. We serve a faithful and loving God, and He will give us rest if we go to Him. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, remember this, that no matter what you're facing, you're never alone. And you too can find healing and freedom from your hurts, hang-ups, and habits. We hope you'll join us next time.